Summer has arrived on Hutton. The station's orbit has taken it 0.01 light years closer to Alpha Centauri. It's not much, well, unless you try to walk it, but it's enough to cause a sort of changing of the seasons on the orbital. The locals have started wearing brightly coloured Hutton Hawaiian overalls. Cut-offs and crop tops were banned after the Simon Tankini incident. McSargoids have put up artificial palm trees in and around their restaurant and are serving drinks on plastic coconut-shaped cups. The cleaning teams made an extra special effort to burn the crud off the deck plates on the parade with mixed results. Someone got a toenail in the eye. Sadly, it was still attached to the tour, which is now with lost and found, if you're interested. Alfresco dining is to become a thing. Truckers are now to be found sitting under brightly coloured parasols, sipping at tiny coffees and watching the world go by, quite literally if your table has a view of Eden. Techs are working round the clock on the air chiller units, which are all working at capacity to keep the habitation decks cool. When a resulting ice mountain is being used to cool people's drinks, it becomes a ski slope. Five credits a go. Which explains why they always have such extravagant night Christmas night out. In Studio 5, the radio crew are slumped at their various consoles and desks, fanning themselves with copies of old scripts while they wait for the aircon to do its thing. A red light on one of the desks begins to flash, and one of the crew leans over, presses a button and says, Our makes are live. Good evening, I'm Wilma Fingerdoo and I have a drink with an umbrella in it and and some fruit and a little biscuit thing and some ice and a curly whirly straw, uh, what I think are gummy worms and a salty rim. I'm Mia Harkness and this thing's gone all floppy. Never buy a cheap hat on the parade. I'm Poincare and I'm having a Centauri Megagin Martini. Dysonated, not stirred. I'm Sandy Gravis and I'm pretty sure those gummy worms in Wilma's drinks aren't as gummy as she seems to hope. And I'm not going anywhere near her salty rim. I'm Norma Snockers and I have a little fun. I love you what, Norma? And on that note... We'd better get on to the headlines before Mia says something they need to apologise for. The pulse wave scanner rocks once more. Scavenger strike called off. Too hot, too messy, week 44 update. No more hiding in the trenches as Tharg banishes wrinkles. Galaxy Gala glows in the light of a thousand bulbs. As always, Atrus attests about alien activities. New system goes a bit OP as election gets going. 
in their latest update of Shipboard Systems, the ever-vigilant Pilots Federation stumbled upon a rather peculiar discovery. It seems that during the development of the advanced Thargoid scanner, engineers, grasping at straws as to how to make it work, re-examined the inner workings of the standard mining pulse wave scanner, which of course led them to the discovery of a cache of hitherto unread technical documents from the pilots, highlighting, pun intended, that the PWS wasn't quite working as intended. The original pulse wave scanner possessed a remarkable talent for finding misplaced keys, or uncovering what lay behind you, but when it came to identifying valuable asteroids, it proved about as useful as a rubber wrench. Having identified that they forgot to carry one, and tightened the bolts on the PWS to just the right torque setting, it had something to do with the vibrations and detection routines, the Pilots' Federation swiftly intervened to save the day. Thanks to their ingenuity, the Pulse Wave Scanner now boasts an upgrade that can transform ordinary asteroids into celestial superstars. Once you give the scanner a little honk, those high-yield asteroids will glow brighter than a sunbather's sun-kissed skin. Picture yourself mining away, basking in the newfound radiance and dreaming of interstellar tans. In the wake of this discovery, we managed to catch up with the ingeniously imaginative engineer, known as Ivana Nova, who was at the forefront of the upgrade development. When asked about the original blunder of the Pulse Wave Scanner, Ivan equipped, well, turns out we were great at finding lost keys, funky, funky looking outcrops and cheese, but terrible at finding rocks with valuable cores. But fear not, we've ironed out the wrinkles and turned those ordinary rocks into twinkling cosmic gems. Further to this repair job, they turned their attention to the reports by the anti-Zelo pilots. It appears that their trusty tool in the fight against the Thargoid Menace, the advanced Xeno Scanner, had a peculiar quirk. After firing, it left our intrepid pilots with a persistent blue dot dancing in their vision. One can only imagine the interstellar disco inferno that ensued as commanders valiantly battled their foes, accompanied by an unintended light show. Understandably, a number of anti-Xeno pilots filed medical claims, seeking respite from these ethereal blue polka dots that stubbornly clung to their vision. Conveniently, for a second forgetting that the usual outcome of an alien encounter of titanic precautions generally leads to the rebuy screen and a visit to the super speedy 3D clonomat for a new body. In response to their plight, the Pilots' Federation took action once more. They have subtly toned down the extreme coloration of the advanced Xenoscanner's highlight effect, offering relief to our intrepid commanders. Now they can focus on defending the galaxy without having to decipher an abstract masterpiece of pulsating cerulean patterns. Farewell cosmic blue dots, it was a visual spectacle while it lasted. Hand in hand with the updates above, it appears that the Pilots' Federation have been holding behind the scenes negotiations with the Scavengers and Combatant Union Meeting, or SCUM for short, who, since pilots have been allowed access to settlements on atmospheric worlds, have been staging one-mission walkouts and strikes in opposition to people coming and shooting them all the time. Media suppression by the Federation and Empire, as well as uh, supposedly the Alliance, led to there being no record of the strikes. Though pilots would often fall foul of the non-attendance, as scavengers and battle-hardened combatants would often not turn up to work, leaving missions unable to be completed, and combat zones at 
the mercy of the missing military. It appears that the agreement is that all piratical, scavenging and warmongering types have agreed to new pay and conditions. That means when they attack a settlement, they are committing to a full complement of ne'er-do-wells in such a way as commanders can put just the right amount of them to sleepy sleepy night-night time and cash in on their missions. There are rumours that despite this, a few of the scavengers have taken to arriving as instructed and going walkabout in a straight line from the settlement until such time as their oxygen expires, and so do they. Rather an extreme form of protest, but commanders are reminded to be on the lookout for scavengers making a beeline for the horizon in an effort to not become cannon fodder for the galaxy's most notorious of mopping up teams, Flossie and her rocket pan. In protest at the lack of protest by the scum, a number of engineering firms responsible for turrets and war zones appear to have made a few adjustments. On a go slow on bringing turrets back online, they've said that the statutory two-minute SEV-1 repair, repair time on gimbaled anti-ship systems is far too swift, and instead they've decided that 10 minutes is far better repair cycle. Giving their team long enough to arrive, make a cuppa, suck through their teeth at the damage, and flip the on switch from it's fucked to pew pew. No one's complaining about this, as it means Commander Deadmeat GF and his mobile missile uh, boat has more time to blanket the area in concussive munitions and mop up the miscreants before popping out on foot to give his team a decisive victory. After 44 weeks or 10 months, the too hot, too messy, uh, the hot and loaded initiative to deliver a hot and mug and Centauri Megadin to all the stations in the galaxy has recorded over 78,000 deliveries. Weekly deliveries were up last week to over 15,000, increasing the four-week average by 30 odd to 1,358 deliveries a week. One new commander joined the effort this week, increasing the overall number signed up to 290 commanders, representing 95 squadrons. Hutton still has the largest contingent, with 93, who have delivered over 41,000 mugs, more than half the total. And thanks go to all the other squadrons taking part in delivering the other, well, almost half. The Buckyball Racing Club are still in second place with almost 4,700, with the Winged Hazars holding third with over 3,100, and the Paladins are still in fourth with almost 1,900. The Burpit are still 300 behind them in fifth. The Order of Twelve are still closing fast on the Burrs, now only 80 behind them in sixth, and the Anti-Xeno Initiative are another 100-odd behind them in seventh. The Satyria Quarter 8th and the Undead are 9th, concluding the 1000 Club. Him, yeah, him, the one with no life, is still leading the deliveries table with over 11,000 mugs delivered. Some say that he's delivered 1 in 7 of all deliveries. Waller 81 is 2nd with over 9,300, ahead of Nem in 3rd with over 6,000. Shea Blackwood is in 4th with almost 4,600, ahead of Infinite Dreamer in 5th with over 2,800. Next comes LDSK with Talking Mouse storming into 7th, leapfrogging both Risa Lang and last week's mug winner Border Reaver, who now in 9th. The 1,000 Club still has 13 members, 
Of course, we know all this because it's tracked live in the Too Hot Too Messy event page in the Hutton Helper. In addition to trying to impress the Apex Taxi Lady with your mugging prowess, and let's face it, she's really only interested in your layover potential, there is a chance to win a real-world handle of the Georgie Angle dishwasher safe self-cleaning, so that you don't have to, hot mug. Any commander that delivers 10 mugs and gin in the weekly Thursday to Thursday period will be entered into next week's draw to win a real hot mug, unless of course you already have one. 43 lucky commanders have accomplished this so far and you can see a little golden mug next to their name in the top commanders table. Last week's winner was Border Reaver, so let's keep listening for this week's winner to be announced in the banter bit after the news. If you had delivered 10 mugs and gin in every week since the start, 9, 10 months ago even, you'd have racked up at least 440 deliveries and only 32 or 1 in 10 of signed up commanders have managed this. If you haven't, why not give it a try and share the burden? In order to join in the fun, you'll need to sign up by downloading the Hutton Helper from hot.forthemug.com forward slash download, and then you can sign up and your mug and gin deliveries will be automatically registered for you by Antares' non-GMO, grass-fed, low-cholesterol replicant hamsters, which might come with a limited lifespan, but they do cry real tears in the rain. Before we head to Aetis 5060 later in this broadcast for an update on the Thargoid War, there's worrying news that Tharg the Mighty has plugged a hole in his defences. The wrinkly and gnarled exterior of the Thargoid Titans had been providing just the right kind of hidey hole for all sorts of pirates. Not really the anti-Xeno ones that were doing all the damage, as they'd far rather be out in the open challenging anything exuding green goo to a space rattle, more the intrepid reporters and photographers of the galaxy who were taking to finding a deep crevice to stick their python in and taking as many snaps as they could of the Thargoids. Ever vigilant in preserving his or her or their privacy and not being a fan of the kind of upper carapace shots these pilots were taking, Tharg the Mighty has been in court this week bemoaning the underhand tactics used by the media to get just the right snap of his minions' most embarrassing moments. No longer will we get the shots of the glaives scraping through the walls of the Titans or watch caustic missiles harmlessly impacting on the surface of the trench and Tharg's definitely not up for Alec Turner organising races through the ridges and folds of his mega-mighty minions' rippling bodies. It tickles! Nearby interceptors have been given instructions to follow commanders into the trenches and make sure that they don't find the small exhaust port. Xeno photographers will have to find a new way to take their videos, but we're sure that whether it be hiding next to the custard pot in the middle of the Titan, or using a passing asteroid for cover, they'll find a way to end up a prize winner in the next Stellar Screenshots competition, even if from the vantage point of an occupied escape pod using a very long lens. Shipboard party supplies firm Galaxy Gala 
have announced that their 3308 range of party lights, to turn your festive beluga into a 70s disco haven, have been retired after complaints that the string lights collection was about as bright as a federal presidential candidate. It turns out that their previous range came not in vibrant blue, reactor red and sunspot yellow, and was better described by pilots as hazy sky, dim pinkish, and bee vomit. Ever aware of a customer's need to be put into the party mood whilst engaging in combat, and of course get a suntan regardless of their natural skin tone, Galaxy Gala have used the latest in LED technology to upgrade their 3309 range to give off bright tones that leave you wondering whether that flash you saw was a passing comet or just one of the string lights drifting across your vision. They've provided a free upgrade to anyone who bought their previous versions. There's no word at the moment whether the paint pack pushers of the Pilots Federation have an answer yet to their versions of gold, goldy, shiny pyrite or goldish paint jobs that in recent years have tarnished from gleaming polished ostentatious Midas appearances to the kind of thing that Tony Robinson would dig up in your back garden after making a few exploratory trenches, using a geophys team for a week and getting all unreasonably excited about fragments of small pots. Your Hutton decal, however, remains highly visible against all paint packs, proudly proclaiming your allegiance to all things silly to anyone able to get close enough to see it. Trackers! Itis5060 reporting in with the latest updates for you on the Thargoid War. Tharg has been kept at bay across many of the milestones, and we can now probe the Titans with our new scanners! That'll make the rise of all set. And you see the scanner was launched by Prof Piling at Aegis this week, which finally allows commanders brave enough to fly to the heart of the milestones to scan the Thygoid Titans. These scans have been revealed, use of revealed new surface ports for research limpets to dock and harvest samples, which can then be sold to the rescue ships located across the bubble for further study. Aegis hopes that these collected samples will reveal something that can be useful in defeating these motherships. On the warfront, the AX community had another huge week with 69 systems defended and only 4 active invasions this week. Hexwing was very productive, with its allies in the mode was it M-O-D-E? Alliance defending a total of 8 systems this past week. The Thargoid alerts and invasions were stopped in... uh-oh... in Gay... in HIP 23719... HIP, or is it HIP, 26274, Coco, or Kunuma, Vandala, We here at Hexcom would like to thank all truckers and allies who assisted in the effort. We value your continued support in the war against the Thargoids. Hexwing! We'll start this week with the Kirky Joe Maelstrom. Your orders will be to swap the invasion of Escalate and move on to any populated alerts after we move on to the next Maelstrom. 
the outpost Newtonport is under attack. So be prepared for no large landing pads to be available in orbit. Evac pilots will supply runners. Evac pilots and supply runners are asked to work out of the operational outpost and planetary ports to help defend the system. Let's get out there and defend humanity once more, Shakas! For the bank! You okay? Do you need to have a little lie down now? Good, 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 good. Anyway, things are beginning to move a little more once in uh, in Hutton Space this week. Six systems are in the remedial class and the board has a couple of minor alerts. And one a bit less minor. More on those stories coming up. Last week's second lower system has outdone itself by losing a further two points, dropping it from 30 to 28. Additionally, 36 off Yuki has managed to get itself into an election with the second place faction, Soul Workers Party, and Hutton is now 3-1 down, fighting to keep control of its second newest system. We need to win today and the next two in order to hold on to this hard-won system. Yes, it may be 0.14 light-years to the important bits, but that's only two-thirds of a run, hot and run, and you are, after all, truckers. So let's show those fools from Seoul what Alpha Centauri's best can do when the chips are down or backs against the wall, things are looking a bit iffy and the odds are stacked against us and we're up a side canyon with no apparent means of propulsion. So stuff those ballots and mander those jerrys like you never have before. Soul Workers Party, we've upped our game. So up yours too. Epsilon Eridani fell four points in the week from 36 to 32, but this was largely caused by the outbreak of mods reported here last week. The outbreak was quickly relieved, and I hope you're enjoying the swollen feeling in your bank accounts, you profiteering bar stewards. Joining Epsilon Eridani on 32, making it third lowest and turning regular visits to the zone of concern into permanent residence is LP525-39, which lost, lost yet another point, making it five in four weeks. The system is a clear board with nothing of note going on, so feel free to go in there and boost Hutton's interests. The notoriously hard-to-move Epsilon Indy has arrested its downward trend, gaining three points in the week, leaving it on 34. A point above it is Hill Pass I on 35. Last week's low system on the pulse, time 2051, has managed to catapult itself from the low of last week's 29, a whole eight points up to 37. Had the cruiser bombing station and ready landing managed a third Weetabix, they might have managed to achieve escape velocity from the naughty step. Still, it's a fine achievement helped no doubt by a cadre of trusty truckers who answered last week's BGS call. Two systems which escaped the zone of shame in the week are none other than the previous poor performers Ross 671 and you know where Barnard Star, which has also achieved this with an ongoing infrastructure failure, so ship in power generators and water purifiers if you need to make a quick buck. LHS 340 is on 68 and is suffering from an outbreak, but since we can afford to let some air out of its economy, leave it to fester a little before shipping in meds. At the overachieving end of the Hutton Systems table, we have five systems above 60%, one of which, PSPF-LF2, is on 70. Priorities this week are, if you want to truck something, and the answer is yes, you do, win the election in 36 off Yuki. 
Oh, that was seamless. Oh, God. I can at least Ish. In fact, an urgent message from Graham N.K. Last-minute news. All hands to 36 Opufichi. Currently three down in an election. I've just said all that. I know. But you said it urgently in red text. Well, I've, well, it's I've not put... in bold, though, is it? It must be important. It's yeah, in red. I, well, I did, I did all the uh, yeah, colouring and stuff. Some of it's in bold. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Hans, 36 Opriochi. Yeah. You said it's just... Any point doing BGS news if we're going to do BGS news in the banter? Well, I was said it, I would add it in. Show. I'm going to start doing uh, just about to community gold stuff in the banter. <laughs> and hot well, if it'd been a bit, if it'd been a bit earlier, <laughs> if you told me a bit earlier, I'd have suggested it goes in your I bit. I think I read yeah, something in our Discord channel, eight uh, twenty-two this evening from from mm -hmm. Graham. He's uh, he's he's been out well, silaging. I... Oh, how lovely! If, if if that's that's what they do there, apparently they silage. He's, he sent me this message at twenty thirty-eight. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. He hasn't even given you a chance there. That, oh, it could, be, <laughs> it could be muck spreading as we speak. No, no, he said silaging. <laughs> yeah, but that would be in preparation for muck spreading, surely. Uh, pass. No point gathering the muck pass. if you're not I'm not going to speculate it. on matters um, of which I know little. Matters of agriculture. BGS, <laughs> of course. Mm. I'm at silage, so a bit busy, he says. Well, that was this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that near you don't think silage might be a place? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's the nickname of the local pub. I think yeah. uh, I think silage should be. It's it's like something we could have in the rares, isn't it? You'd love it. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds yeah. as horrible as it smells. Well, rip out <laughs> plastic bag and breathe in that. Thirty-six <laughs> <laughs> off you. It's savoury silage. But have you, have you seen the, cows when they get silage? They just can't. The name goes well. <laughs> Dessert silage. Ugh. Is that a new flavour of ice cream? Mm. Well, yeah. you never know on, on the rotunda. Yeah. They got a new you never know on Thargoids in general. Yes. Uh, anyway. Yes. So, uh, Frontier Livestream. Who knows? No. Who knows? No. I did check at five past four though to see if they were online and they weren't. Yeah. That hasn't been next a month week. Yet, next week. No. Nope. Next yes, week. Definitely okay. next week. <sighs> we do, however, have a couple of um, birthdays to celebrate. Yay! Oh, we have to sing the song. We do have to sing the song, but we should say who it is first. Yeah. Hmm. It is the glorious birthday of Antarius Fusion, him of the hamsters Ooh, and the helper. And his magical hamsters have baked him a cake. Is it, oh. is it, are they like Tell me the, a little uh, one. Are they they're like the mice in uh, in Bagpuss with their their they sing in a choir like with the we will the, fix it. Yeah, we that's the one. Um, Something yes, like that. Yeah, go. except they can sing better than us. And the magical magical musical organ or whatever they they have. Marvelous mechanical mouse. Yeah, as, I've, as I've grown yeah. older, I've realised that most of uh, the children's television. I used to watch when I knew no better was just littered with smut. Anyway, <laughs> you're only on just that... realizing that. <laughs> on that note, I've just thought yeah, it. Who's the other? Who's the other one? Mm. Rhett Riverboat. Him, him of the totally pineapple free pizza theme. And oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. man who threw so you at his restaurant for all We should pineapple. really sing the song. 
Yeah. We should indeed. <laughs> with pineapple. Yeah. Happy birthday to them. Happy birthday to them. Happy birthday, Brett and Vintarius. Happy birthday to them. Happy birthday. Why do you smell like one, two? Was that, um, was that Colin Sell on the piano? <laughs> no, it was my other half. <laughs> yeah, t- tell him to go off of that. I asked her to do a, a version of Happy Birthday that was uh, good enough to back up our singing. So, so she, um, she excelled <laughs> well, how herself. Earth, how did we recognise it as Happy Birthday? Oh, and oh by I recognise it as Happy Birthday. We had backing we? music? If we get a copyright Did you not hear the music? I didn't hear much of anything. Oh, wow. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Italian Sempre Rockerbo. Happy birthday to you. Perfect for our singing quality. And at least one more. Have you had a um, a piano haddock around? Because you certainly haven't haven't had a piano tuner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Don't a laugh at that. You don't laugh at my advert jokes. Don't laugh at that. I thought it was very good. Yeah. You need to get very your ears apt. checked. Yeah, very apt. I'll give you. <laughs> you need yeah. to get your head checked. Yeah, she winced when she heard us <laughs> singing, so she knew exactly how to play it when I asked her to. Yes. So, um, uh, point, that is awesome. Point, point of order, Mister Button Pusher. Hmm. Um, our our lineup looks a little short on the. Um, I don't want any more hate jokes on the old. I've told you before. Stand up when you're talking to me. Oh, okay. I am standing up. Um, the lineup box. is a little short. Somebody missing? Am I lost in the static? I can see you. You're lost in like the a static. Tiny vague outline. You are definitely okay. lost in the static. Do I need to blink faster? Yeah, you need to blink faster. Just try thumping your camera a couple of times, and let's see if I can sort it out for you. <laughs> Oh, God, we're doing BGS news again. Keep doing that again. Oh. Oh, I say, I'm going out and strike. It's all, it's all in plate text. Just pretend you can't see it. It's kind of like pale grey. Sky grey. Yeah. A typical British summer. I'm trying to change the colour. Do you know what colour it is? Are you using the right computer, Flossie? It's, it's stringly yes. orange. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. We, you just faded it. Shall we mention to the listener that we had a bit of a crisis just before the start of the show because Flossie was been updating the script and then looked and, <laughs> oh, no. and was, was no. showed quite some const- I mean, consternation. <laughs> oh, she's updating the link one. Somebody had changed it all back when she'd actually updated <laughs> the wrong script on a different computer. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we set the record this week for seam repairing before the show even started. Yes. What do you mean? Nobody's Seamless. Yes, you have. You've Seamless. <laughs> Scheduled seams. Oh, dear. Can't schedule Thank you for seams. that. Mm. Go on, do you want now, to... Now I suppose I better confess to, <laughs> to posting the CG news today in, in my World of Warcraft group. Excellent. What did they make oh, of it? Oh, look at that! It, uh... it wasn't there for long enough. <laughs> I deleted it. I think you'll find out the next seconds. time you're in there that it was definitely there for long enough. 
Well, the Facebook I mean, group, you know, this, it wasn't on the messenger, it was in the marmal group. Well, we'll find it when you told them later on. So do you want, <laughs> do you want to do the BGS news, Flossie? Go on, go ahead. Another quick update. Election is now 3-2, says Graham MK. Wait till I see Graham. I was like, what am I, chop liver? Yeah. <laughs> he's he's sent, he's sending me the messages. You're, you're on Discord, aren't you? Back to your silence, you. Yeah. He's sending me the messages, so I'm just relaying them. He's only able to send short messages. He can only hold his breath for so long. <laughs> uh, Commander College giveaway this month. Apparently, it's a very pretty crate. Ooh, do we have a picture? We do. Mm. What's that you're eating? Have you got enough for everyone for everybody? Yeah, I'm not going to give anybody any though. <laughs> but there's definitely enough. I'm going to have a look at this. So he said in the post the space cow, didn't he? But it was yeah, a, that was oh, last month. It was it. no, it wasn't. It was uh, it was capital. Oh, it was a it was capital shit, wasn't it? The yeah. uh, Farragut. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice paint job as well. Jesus, look at that. That's so beautiful. Great. So I've just fired in the link to I the Facebook post. I know would like that. I know lots <laughs> of people who'd like that. Well, somebody who kept going on and on and on and on about the crate before it was actually brought in. I don't know if I've actually... You mean off? on the forums. No. You mean off? Yeah, because I think he'd love uh, it, wouldn't oh, he? Oh. Maybe no, we, should, was, we, um, we should all pitch in a fiver for after his name now. I've forgotten his name. I've forgotten his name. Um, Collie? No. Dead mate? I, I can think of his first real name, but not his, <laughs> <laughs> his commander name. Oh, wrong way. No. Um, oh, hell. Plassian? No, no, no. Well, it is perfect. So, so he, he kept posting. Is it a book? He kept posting on the forums how we wanted the crate to be brought into Elite. Oh, I see. And uh, eventually, of course, it came and that made his day. And I can't remember his commander name. Sorry. I'm still waiting for the Panther Clipper. Um, why? Because I really it, want a Panther Clipper. Because a Panther's really long haired and it needs clipping. Because you want to really, when you really want to block up a, a letterbox, the <laughs> it's the right shape and the right size. More or I used to fly one in the Elite Two Frontier. I'm not sure "fly" was the right word. I used to crawl along well, in so one like, in Elite Two. Yeah. So like See, drift. Back, back in the back in the day, a crate was like a one man. It was one of the yeah, it was a little fighter. Obviously, you only got to fly the Cobra back in the day. It was a bit of a rubbish a, fighter, but it was a little fighter. It, Pop at uh, the slightest uh, ticking yeah. with a with a military laser, and it's or become a this laser. beast of a thing in uh, in this version. Mm. Mm. I just like the idea of, of you know sitting in the cockpit of a brick. <laughs> you've you've tried a T nine. T nine is my favourite ship. Yeah, you mean a T seven? Oh, uh, God, that's yeah. space ship. Yeah. Yeah. True, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now, see, the T7, I always thought, was the ship that looked most like a truck. Yeah, absolutely. And if I'm trucking stuff, I like a T7. But if mm. I'm mining or something, I like well, a T9. T yeah. T7 is a, is it a medium be able to or a large ship. 
It's the cockpits. The cockpits are really nice. It's yeah. like a flying greenhouse. But is it a medium or a large a T7? It's a large. It's a large. The T7. I think it's why I skipped it because I'm like, well, if I'm going to be restricted to large pads, I'm going to fly something. Oh, oh you mean the, oh, the T7? Yeah, yeah. T7 large. It, it's yeah. a bit, bit odd, that way. But it's got a truck feel about it. You know, oh, it, yeah. it feels like you're trucking when mm-hmm. you're in a T7. Have you, do you, have you trucked much? Yeah. Well, I did. <laughs> yeah. And I do think the T6 does have the, the feel of a transit van. I got my first T9 from trucking in a T7. Mm. Of course, that was back when it was actually hard to get up to, to the next level of shit. Yeah. Can't say I, I, actually, T6 I actually either. had a T9, and it was only later on that I bought a T7. I wanted to build a tanker. And what you see, it looks quite trucky, and I thought, well, that's going to be great as a tanker. And I made it into a, a kind of tanker, and it was great. I tried um I tried, first time I tried a Python was years ago and I was like, oh bloody hell, this is awful. Um but I suppose I when, you, when you get the Well I, oh. I, I do now. I, I I turned back to the Python two, three years ago and uh, kit it out properly and uh, it's really, really versatile ship. Mm-hmm. The only issue I had to five six years ago was the uh, the jump range. Yeah. But I I, I, I don't know. I've I always thought it was I've appeared. I always thought it was one of the most versatile ships, the Python. It is. Yeah, it is. That and the Great Mark too. Which is probably why I don't like it very much. Yes. Two Pythons. One I use for mission running and the other one for mining. Tritium it, mining, mostly. It's like if a ship doesn't have things wrong with it or bottlenecks, I'm not no, interested. It's, it's <laughs> all, they're all a compromise, aren't they? I mean, the Vulture's great until you try and power something. Yeah, with yeah, engineering, though, you just upgrade your like, year like, power plant and you're fine. Yeah, mm. put the coffee machine on and uh, everything I re- stops. I remember getting a Vulture when it first came out. I sold my ASP uh, and bought Don't a Vulture. you know that's one way to make money? I know, right? <laughs> 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 bought a Vulture, I didn't like hated it. Hated it beyond measure because it was only good for combat and nothing else. And I don't like combat much. And so I sold it. That's not true. It's good for posing as well. Combat and posing. So I sold it, but I didn't get enough money back to rebuy my ASP. Oh, no. So I had to go back down to a Cobra and do some work before I had enough money to upgrade to an ASP again. Is the I know the ASP has got a sort of silly farty sound. Um, Is the Vulture as well, or is it a wine? I can't remember. So long since I flew one. I always thought flying... something distinctive about the sound of a... It's quite throaty as far as I remember the vultures. Is it? Yeah. I always thought flying an asp sounded like you're in a biplane. Yeah. 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 One biplane that. I liked it. Yeah. yeah I, liked oh, I loved it. it. Very maneuverable little ship. Surprisingly good in combat, if a little I bit still um, use it for fragile. I always find mm. asps make great targets when you're using rail guns because they turn yes. side onto you and just. Yeah. Big flat yeah. target. Mm. I vowed never to sell another ship after that fateful. Mm. Ex, ex, expedition. So I've still got it, and I still use it for exploration. It's it's my favourite explorer. There you go. Fulcaria says that lake on lake on ships sound like they've got propellers. Or yes. Hmm. But yeah, that's a very it. pretty crate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if anybody's interested in winning the very pretty crate, the uh, just giving oh, link. Oh yeah, crate. <laughs> has gone into chat, and if you deposit, uh, I think it's a fiver or more, 
but feel free yeah, to make it more. Well, then, minimum uh, minimum spec yeah. is a fiver. The <laughs> the uh, recommended spec is ten pounds. Yeah, then um, you will be able to um, have a chance in the draw. Mm-hmm. Mm. Let's yeah. see where they're up to. And he's doing moment. one a month every month for the whole year. Yep, they've currently raised three hundred and sixty pounds, which is um, not to be sniffed That's at. Pretty good. Not mm. to be sniffed at at all. Nice. Then money is going to special effect and healing dogs. Yep. Nice. Yep. And it's only June. <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're only halfway through. Has he done a type nine yet? Over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. David Two weeks back. March. Two months back. Has he done an months. orange type nine? Um, was it blue? I can't remember. I can't remember. It was well, blue. It was David blue won it. It was purple. David. If, if David won it, yeah. it was definitely purple. Or well, grey. David's got no idea what colour it was. Yeah. Just tell him <laughs> it was purple. He was quite happy. Yeah, David, that's orange. You should probably give that to Amelia. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't like it. We gave it to someone else. No. Like, so, you, know you, don't, you know you don't like orange, David. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so, da 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 Space News! Space News! Space News! Ah, I heard you were yeah. taking up space. <laughs> yeah. So what is the space news? I don't know. Put that in. What's a Starliner? A Starliner is a Boeing's uh, crewed capsule, the uh, one for a commercial crew. The one that should have flown two and a half years ago and didn't, and they should have flown so, a year ago and didn't, and then should so have flown a little bit later, it. and they actually sent it up into space, and after various almost major disasters on the way up that they managed to get away with, Everybody survived somewhat miraculously and came back down safely. And then they looked so at just how wrong it had on? gone. Uh, almost anything. Oh, okay. But they're not quite sure because they've retired the rockets they were going to be launching it on. So that's a bit of a bugger. Well, but yeah, they've um, they've discovered a few more reasons why it was a miracle they got back safely last time. And there's been so yet it's another delay. The max of the oh, no, no, no. Betamax was technically very good. This is technically a death trap. They've discovered that all of the insulating tape they use to wrap all of the electrical cabling in the cockpit is flammable. (laughs) Who makes flammable electrical tape? For use in space in high oxygen environments. Yeah. Can we say Apollo 1? Yeah. Boeing, apparently, is who makes it. Yeah, and they've discovered that under certain conditions, the big bolts that hold the parachute to the capsule will snap off. Well, they're supposed to at some point. Did we not while it's falling? (laughs) We didn't have a a hand in making that, did we? No, it's nothing to do with Hutton. They can't blame us for this one. So yes, they've uh, they've gone away to completely redo the electrical stuff with some tested to be non-flammable insulation tape. And uh, they're redesigning the parachute mounts. But other than that, it's nearly ready to fly. And there will be two commercial crew systems in operation real soon. And what, real what, soon, TM. What's it going to fly on, though? Um, uh, probably on, oxygen and, and, you know, oh, oxygen no, and hydrogen. Hmm. <sighs> Does it look pretty, at least? I never clicked on the link. Uh, not particularly, no. It's uh... U- ULA Atlas V, which is already oh, okay. being phased out. They are planning yeah. to be- make it mountable on top of the Vulcan, 
but that hasn't flown yet and hasn't even had test fires yet. So I guess think of that. So I guess the question is whether they'll have a rocket that doesn't fly before they have a capsule that doesn't fly to put on top of it. Mm, or not put on top of it. Yeah. Spock, I think, is just very happy to not be on board it at the moment. <laughs> yes. Yes. Flammable insulating tape. Illogical. Yes, it's the it's the tape they use to wrap it so that it doesn't uh, catch on metalwork and stuff to keep it flexible and flowing when things move. And it's flammable. Are we uh, are we are we padding this one out to try and get a result on the next one, or are we we just uh, uh, kind of yeah gonna yeah. gonna floss over the next one? I mean, gloss over the next one. Yeah, we're yeah. still waiting on a we're still waiting on a winner. If we hear by the end of the show, we'll let you know. If we don't hear by the end of the show, we'll put it on the Facebook page. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we, we definitely have a weekly mug winner. We just don't know who it is. Don't know who it is yet. Well, okay. Yeah. So wait a minute. The, we, there was no other space news this week. Well, Nothing sure exciting. Was. Those galaxies that uh, JWST discovered that were far too big, that were then discovered that the, that the models said actually they could be that big, and then somebody looked wow. more detail at the images and said, oh, actually they're even bigger than that. And then somebody looked at the models again and said, well, actually, yeah, we'd still cope with that. Well, somebody's looked at them now and said, actually, they're even further away than we thought, which means they're even older than we thought. And now it's back in the hands of the modelers. But other than that, yeah, there's there's nothing major going on in space. Okay. Ah. Yeah, it's not. It's all going on inside a computer somewhere. Yeah. The stuff that's going on in space was always going on in space. The drama's yep. happening down in a, down in a computer centre somewhere. Mm. <laughs> okay. So, um, what of the week... This week is sibilant. Oh, what does that mean? Sibilant. It's anything making a hissing sound. Could you use it in a sentence, please? I can use it in a sentence. Flossie sensed a sibilant sound and surmised that there was a whole leak. But it was only Lou trying to fart quietly. <laughs> oh, yeah, so there yeah. we go. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> Don't use up all your laughs. I've got one more to go here. What do anteaters play on their computers? Elite dangerous. They're not Philistines. Uh, yeah, well, there's that. Varkenware? Mm, no. That could have been the joke, though, right? Ad Varkenware? It was close. It was close. Because you got Abandonware? You, know, you ever played Abandonware? Ad Varkade games. Let's get so out of here and get to the CG is news. Elite, is Elite abandoned? Mm. Uh, no, but you can download it free from FDEV. Huh. Including a BBC emulator. Oh. Mm -hmm. I need to do that. It's flossy. It's flossy. It's flossy. It's flossy. And the community goes. Hello, Flossy here with this week's CG News. There were no CGs last week, and this week there aren't any either. 
sorry. And that's it for this week's CT News. Blossy told you what to do. Thank you, Flossy. Uh, do we have a goal net? No. Yep. Okay, speaking so of, speaking of things we don't have, <laughs> okay, so... I guess I won't introduce Beetlejuice and Wotherspoon, those awesome oh. people. Go you on, can, if you like, because they are amazing. Thank... I won't thank them. Oh, no, no, we should still thank them because they're wonderful people. Yes, they are very yeah. nice people. So, still so thank you, Beetlejuice and Wotherspoon. And now, over to her hot and helper results. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Hutton Helper Results. The Hutton Helper Results are sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third-party resource to come with a free USB-powered personal fan, which will easily ward off the heat from that gigantic ball of fusing hydrogen right outside of your window. This week we have the following events. The Relaxing in the Shade Cup, the Bring Me an Icy Body to Cool My Drink tournament, the Buckfast Frappy Latte Deja Vu Trophy, the Boiling You and Me Up Charity Shield, the Jungle Warfare in Space Spectacular, and the More Aircon in the Back Award. So, slather on the Factor 50, this week's blistering hot hut and helper results are Sophia jumped 35,000 light years to come first in distance travelled, Red Ass Tomes sold 36,000 tonnes of cargo, a Rincewind Cymru is top mission runner with 246 mission points. Alex Zuno handed in 444444444 credits worth of bounties. Eros Maidling handed in 1.6 billion credits of combat bonds. Dart Virtual destroyed 400 Thargoids. And Captain Mayhem underscore delivered 998 people to their various destinations. So, that is decals for Redis Tomes, Captain Mayhem underscore, and Val Silvana for Ore Mind. Please email I took part at huttonorbital.com and arrange to collect your Hutton decal kit, which this week consists of an ice lolly, a cool bag full of liquid nitrogen, and a packet of airwaves. There have been 23 Hutton runs by five commanders in the last seven days, and they are. Bandicoot, two runs, and the fastest of which was 1 hour 23 minutes and 47 seconds. Hi Joby, or Hi Joby, six runs with 1 hour 23 minutes 57 seconds being the best of those. Then we come to the mainstay, Torquay Mouse, who did 13 runs this week. And the best of those was 1 hour 24 minutes and 18 seconds. Wasn't for lack of practice. The Berk got there in 1 hour 25 minutes and 10 seconds. And Steve King took a break from writing spooky stories and got there in 1 hour, 51 minutes and 11 seconds. Now there is a whole galaxy of stuff out there needing a tabulated, desalinated, shoveled, taken offline, exploded, launched, verified, motivated, evacuated, unfriended, ejected, manhandled or womanhandled, smeared, deflected, emphasised, fertilised, lasered in the face, snuffled, flip-flopped, mistranslated to and from Spanish, Frothed, chilled, mugged, ginned, wrapped up with a pretty bow, 
Shit shot rescued, stewed in their own juices, battered and deep fried, dead drop painted and rolled down a hill, destroyed, bought, phoned in, squeezed, inflated, patched, liquidated, evaporated, smelled, licked, discombobulated, recombobulated, headbutted, eviscerated, compressed, enveloped, strained, fermented, motherized with an S, interrobanged, upcycled, violently downcycled, disallowed, then reallowed after consulting VAR. Loved, adored, cherished, and probinated. And you can earn yourself a very fetching hot decal for doing it. To get involved, you just have to go to hot.forthemug.com and download or sign up for the spectacular Hutton Helper, available in three very forward thinking formats. Let's face it, anything has to be better than falling asleep and waking up with the word Fanny written across you, Scott's stock written across your Scott's torso in Factor 50 Sunblock. Anyway, that's it from me, back to Studio 5. I love the name Captain Mayhem. It's right up I, there with like Captain Hindsight and, and Captain Underpants. Yeah. It's a big name to live up to. It's a good name, yeah. Um, the last person I remember with the name, the surname Mayhem, and they may be related, was Animosity Mayhem, the master of disaster, who really did live up to his <laughs> name. <laughs> the who, what, the where? Animosity. I'm sure I went to school with her. Uh, uh, yeah. It might have been a sister. I don't have a name for a sister. <laughs> Can I go home now? <laughs> Definitely. So we do not have a Golnet Rares this week. I'm taking a break. Was it me yeah. or did the arse fall out of part two of the show? Which which part, part two part of the show? Of the show? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's and quite the offensive. The, the, the only thing we had in part two was the yeah. Golnet was the yeah. um sports results. So if you're saying the arse yeah. fell out then if yeah, I were you, mate, so, I'd borrow Flossie's pan. Well, I was going to say the answer to that is no, the arse stayed in. And Help that's why yourself. You Help for results. <laughs> wow. Wow. So we, we ought to bring some balance and we should have yeah. maybe. So are we at the end then? Is it nine o'clock yet? <laughs> it's nearly half past. <laughs> oh, but, we, but we did start a couple of minutes late, so we are to oh, well, something yeah. like 55 minutes. Time to slip in a film, like. Oh. Lord of the Rings, the director's cut. Yeah, all quiet in the western front. <laughs> all, all, all nine and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. you could pro- you could probably even fit in most of Dancers with Wolves. Yes. Oh, if you if you're into that, got to go sci-fi. If you're going to do a movie and you're going to do a movie properly, it's got to be sci-fi. After a hut in the show, yeah. In that case, the entire Alien quadrilogy. Oh yes. Dances, dances Ooh, not before bedtime. I love those movies. They're one of my favourite uh, oh, yes. Yeah, that as well. Now, the Aliens films. Knives, we've got nukes, we've got sharp sticks. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. 10 minutes later, he's running away going, that's it, man, game over. Game <laughs> game over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they fought back, didn't they, the bastards? They definitely declined in quality. The films. Um, I don't think One was so. good, two was better, three can be skipped, four was quite good again. I think two Actually, was better three, than one, but it, three was good. On a second watch, three is good very good. 
three is actually yeah a lot of people um because they've only watched it once and i find that the the more i watch it the mm. the more i appreciate it mm. and i know that the fourth was really different from the rest but it i still think it's a good movie it, mm. as a standalone movie especially yeah i, I quite like the fourth one i just um try and Plus, stay you know, try and stay problem. clear of the prequels yeah wrong problem with his second voice and his his uber chin yeah. Yes. But when he's manly stubble, you can strike a match on. What I know, right? His, what about his acting? <laughs> Careful how you answer this. Oh, you uh, can act. His acting is all right. He's a good actor. Come on. I I've like Ron Perlman. I've seen him in The Name of the Rose. He's, and no, yeah, he's, a, uh, he's a good actor. He's no Ian uh, Hall, but John Hurt, is he? I mean, he was Hellboy as well. The better <laughs> Hellboy, I might rest, add. I, rest my I would agree with that. He was Salvatore. And he was in uh, that biker series. What was it called? How um, do you how do you feel about the the the, the um, Fan Gang? No, the um the the Prometheus Covenant. I like those movies, but I don't put them with the aliens category. I get confused by the order that they came in because there was at one point the ship was crashed in the way you saw it in the film, and then See, apparently they'd flown the ship away, done something else, and crashed. That was on a different world, though. That was a completely I, different planet, I, so they just, just tend to crash that they, way. I just wish they hadn't try, have tried to explain the origin of the aliens. I think it was better left unknown. Uh-huh. You know, and, and instead of being genetically engineered and from the mishap of a of a another another of race. an alien in a goop. Yeah. Um, mm. Not a fan of that whole pre, you know, pre-alien... Stuff. I, mean, I, I watched them again a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I, I found I understood them a little bit more. So I, mm. Mm. See, Prometheus I was quite them. good. Covenant was a bit too shoehorned. Yeah, I, I, I think I, they're I, grasping. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're yeah. trying to expand on the franchise, and and the thing is, in this day and age, a lot of people really need explanations. Right. Whereas you know, in the with the original movies, you didn't need to know where the aliens originated from. You didn't no, need just to that know. they existed. Yeah, just yeah. that they existed. Mm. And you, you knew there would be a whole story there. You just didn't know what it was. Yeah, you, uh, you you were allowed to use your imagination to fill in the blanks back then. Are you saying people these days don't have imagination? <laughs> no, I'm saying that Hollywood these days assumes that people don't have imaginations. Yeah. But then there is part of it as well, would you think? There's part of that kind of thing, but they like, say, Rogue One, where you'd always heard this story about how many, you know, about um, about the, the Death Star plans and how the, this whole panic of getting the Death Star plans and Darth Vader coming after them and that. And then they kind of went, do you want to know the story of how that happened? And you go, yeah, I do. They did a good and job on it. Oh, oh yeah, they, they it's did. A really um, good one movie. Really Ro Ro Rogue One was excellent. The only thing that let Rogue One down was the fact that you knew exactly how it was going to end. I don't. That didn't with the opening so scene from A New I Hope. Mean, well, no, that's what I mean. Kind, but that, that was you, the worst you, thing about it, and even that doesn't matter so much. You, yeah. you, you kind I of knew how aspects of it It does have the best scene in Star Wars history. Oh, the entrance. The Darth Vader bit. Yeah, when you see just how bad he really is, he is a badass again yes. because they he was a badass in uh, A New Hope and Empire and mm. uh, Jedi, and then they messed him mm. up in Episode One, Two, and Three. You know the prequels. Yeah, 
And now he's a badass again with Rogue One. Yeah, they they completely redeemed that. But I th- I think as well, you didn't realize for all you saw him walking about and force choking a guy and things like that, you didn't realize how bad he was in a fight, how utterly vicious and unstoppable he was in a fight. You know, two three years ago, I went to see um, Star Wars at the Albert Hall with a with a full orchestra. Yeah. Um. So we made the point of watching Rogue One the night before. Mm-hmm. So that was a nice. Yeah, and they you, know, you, you yeah, sort yeah. of. Get the the Star Wars, you know, the episode four bits at the the very end. Yeah. Sorry, sorry if we're giving spoilers to anybody. Um, I think we can get away with a movie from nineteen seventy seven. And then, of course, you see the next bit, which was made what forty years earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a nice, uh, nicely, nicely done. The, the, yeah, it was. It was as really Amelia good. would say, it was pretty seamless. Mm. And I'm liking. I mean, I'm liking what Disney is doing with it, but I don't like Disney as a company. Yeah, yeah, I get they that. got better. You know, they're, they're doing they're a getting, good job. They're getting better. Now, Disney is not a good company. It's no, a terrible. Well. It's a terrible mega corporation, and I loathe it to bits. However, they are but doing Wayland a good Yutani's job. Waylon Yutani's okay. Wars. Yeah. Sorry, Wayland Yutani is okay. <laughs> no, but at least, at I, think, least <laughs> I think it's better than Disney. <laughs> at least Wayland Yutani sure. have the, the good grace to get themselves killed about halfway through. Yeah, well, yeah. but that's the, 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 to I me. I, I like the point they make because you know you made the point earlier that in Alien nobody really wanted to know the origin of the alien, but the Prometheus and Covenant stories are all about sort of. Uh, creation of life and yeah. you know um, you know who created who and I the lessons you learn from I really hated the alien designs in Covenant they were too yeah. human yeah. yeah they were but just they were like they, they weren't aliens weren't they? The, the, you know the ones that came out of the fungus the spores were what, what were the you know? yeah the um, in the original movie series even the alien form was always Influenced by what it had uh, developed in, yeah, yeah, it was because in like in the dog, like, yeah, yeah, even though it was meant to be a bull because originally they filmed it bursting the, the chest burst, the dog burst was originally meant to come out of a bull, not a dog. They changed right. it, hmm. um, at the why last would, minute. Yeah, why would they have a bull on? <laughs> But they, they, I think it was one of the the games, one of the alien, alien games that they actually brought out a bull alien as a homage, yeah, to Uh, what it would be if it was actually. Brian Glover get pulled through the ceiling by his ears. Yeah, it was a, it was a cracking cast, wasn't it? I mean, it was, it was they were chewing the scenery at one point. It was um, Mm. Charles Dance, Paul McGann, Sean Penn in that one. Who's who in British cinema at the time? Was that was that a Sean Pettery one as well? Sorry, was I just him? I didn't hear that. I pressed boost. Was Sean Pettery in that one? Uh, I don't remember him. Yeah. It's always, it, you, you, it, with all the sort of costume, you know, the monks and prisoners' costumes, it was yeah. it was hard to tell who some of them were. Who well, they all had their head shaved, covered in grime start. and no hair, and it yeah. was. Oh, that's, that's why you recognise Brian Glover because he never well, had any hair. You recognise them from the voices as well. Yeah, but I mean, if you, if you didn't like Aliens Three, I highly recommend going back and rewatching it. No, I thought oh, it yeah. was I it was too. good, but I don't think it was as good as the 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 previous two. I think it makes a lot more sense when you watch it a second time. Yeah, because the the first one is, is in one of my 
top ten films of all time. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's a pretty yeah. pretty high bar. The second one was good. It was entertaining, but it was. I think sometimes as well they kind of reflect the time they were made, the style of cinema at the time they were made. Mm. Well, it was more of an action movie as well. The second yeah, one. Yeah, the the yes. aliens was a proper action movie, sort of blockbuster, you know, blockbuster type, big, seemingly yeah. big budget, all that kind of thing. And it looked apart. It was great for the eighties, you know. And then in the nineties, they put it all back and made it really grungy and grimy and. Well, it was you always know. Ridley Scott always said he wanted that sort of space trucker look. Yeah, you know everything because if you think about what had gone before, um, even you know, um, yeah, space space Star Trek Oddity, and, yeah, yeah, two thousand and one sort of set the scene with this very yeah. clean yes. space. Everything yeah. painted white, well everything lit. Everything's white. Yeah. And yeah. Star Trek's like Space that, 1999, everything was white. Or, well, it had colours in that, but everything, everything was Everything was beige in Space 1999. Come on. Com- you Commander Aiden. guy in Space 1999, didn't yeah, you? Commander Aiden's just made an amazing suggestion in um, the chat. He points yeah. out that saying that Whaling Yutani is better than Disney is like saying that Ebola is better than necrotizing fasciitis. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, got to agree with that. Well, I I, th- I thought whilst whilst <laughs> mega corporations were being picked on, I thought I'd. Uh... <laughs> and of anyway. course, the the original Alien came out only two years after Star Wars. Yes. So yeah. Star Wars came out in 1977, which was the year I was born. Yeah. And then Alien came out 78. No, 79. 79. Yeah. What am I doing here? Um... Yeah, and it was a very different look. It was. But then Star Wars was a very different look to what had come before it. Yeah. I remember my dad said to me, he says, when you'd gone to see something before, it was usually rocket ships with fins. Yeah. And that kind of thing. Grudges. He says, and then this thing came on the screen, and he says, you saw the first ship flying across the um, the runner, the blockade runner. So you saw it flying across with all these engines and lasers and things firing off, and they thought, Oh, that looks brilliant," he said. And then the star destroyer came in at the back here and kept coming and kept coming and, and kept went. coming. He was like, "Oh, bloody hell!" <laughs> and because my eyes are so bad, I made them sit in the front row, so we get laser burns. <laughs> so as it's, it's going <laughs> past, you're waiting for the lemon squeezer on it, aren't you? Yeah, you're like, he said that, the years and years. He was like, "I says I." Since I came out of there with laser burns, we were that close to the screen. But uh, no, what a movie. That was the first thing I saw in the cinema. I will say that Aliens Resurrection did a better job with the genetic which, side of things which than Prometheus that? did. Oh. Aliens Resurrection is the fourth one. With the creepy scientist. And Ron uh, Oh, Perlman. yeah, yeah. And Ron Perlman. Mm. And the guy in the wheelchair who got acid dropped on him and didn't notice. I'm glad yeah. we're, we're we're staying with sort of the alien films and, and not venturing into the utter garbage that was Alien versus Predator. Oh no! Well, I Just... like the Predator movies, but Aliens. Uh, versus... I like the first one. I thought it was the well, first Alien versus Predator. Are quite the, like the, the, the recent Predators have been good as well. If, if you yeah, haven't seen just... if you haven't seen Prey, go and see Prey. That's a really yeah, I was good film. Say, but the thing is, it's very different. Prey is very very different from all the other Predator movies. Yeah, yeah, it's probably closest also... to the first one. In spirit, possibly, but I mean, they also made a a new movie, and it's it's like they've got two movies named Predators or something, yeah. Because they yeah. made you made Predator One, Predator Two, then all the Aliens versus Predators came mm-hmm. out, and then they made 
one standalone movie called Predator. And then they made Predators. And then they made Prey. And then they made another movie called Predators or something. Well, I think, I think the before, second one's called just... The Predator. Where you just with the V in front of it. But it's getting a bit confusing. But there is mm-hmm. like, there's like six movies, Predator movies. And they're not numbers, really. No, none of them are numbered apart from one and two. Well, I can't yeah. knock the first one because any film that gave us Get to the Chopper. Get to is, the uh... Chopper. <laughs> mm-hmm. I ain't got time to bleed. You know, whenever we have Chinese food, we always shout, Get to the Chopsticks! <laughs> yes. <laughs> get to the Chopsticks. I play Warzone, it's Get to the Chopper. Yeah. Oh, you get it on t shirts and everything there. Oh, it's in every game, I think. That even made it into yeah. Warcraft. <laughs> you got the you got the chopper flussy you must have. Hmm? Uh the chopper. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got the, one? The engineering no, mount. No, I haven't got any engineering stuff. I can make you one, Flossy. Oh, can you? Yeah, make <laughs> yeah, Flossy a massive chopper. All right, yeah. And it comes with an achievement <laughs> called Amazingly mm. Enough, get to the chopper. Hmm. <laughs> And yeah, I often just see remind, them... remind me when we're in game next, and I'll okay. slap one together for you. I often see uh, level, sort of level ones on these various you know, bikes and things like that, and think, where the hell did they get them? <laughs> yeah. I, I've got to say at this point, though, I think we should probably wrap up the show at this point before we oh, run out of movies to discuss about. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got a bit sidetracked. Yeah. yeah. So next week on Hutton Radio Does Film Reviews, we will be discussing... No, 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 no. We don't. Blake Seven. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Blake Seven, the best program ever. We need a movie of Blake Seven and we don't have one. And I remember being told that that is Blake Seven when Scorpio landed and went in the turntable. That was the inspiration for Elite. For the turntables in Elite. Mm. There mm. you go. So Blake Seven influence right there. Yeah. Right. I've always wondered why, when you're in the orbital, why you have to be turned around to leave. Okay, you just bloody you leave. Crash into the wall if you don't. Well, no, because you've landed. You've landed vertically on a pad. That's where the blast pads are for your rockets. No, I know, but you you're taking off vertically. I could come up with about another. 100. I mean, vertically relative to the pad. Yeah, damn it, Resh. Most people hit boost as they leave the pad. Well, I do. I pull the nose up to eighty, well, seventy actually, and then hit boost. Yeah, I'm go. pulling it back. There you go. It's your fault. Yeah, I know. All those scorch marks. Can we? Can I go? Can we be, can we, <laughs> if you must. Can the audience? You don't have to put your hand up or anything. You can just loud go. noise warning. Oh, loud noise warning. For the mug. For the mug. For that. Mug, 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 mug. mug. Journey too long, or cargo too small. Profit margins never really mattered at all. We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We're taking anything, anytime, anywhere. Loading all the teen out to the brim with the rest for the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Yeah, you know just where we're coming from. For the more, for the more, 